Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Chapter 9 Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralysed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralysed man, Get up, take your mat, and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God, who had given such authority to man. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he said to him, and Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, or the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst and the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, Go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread through all that region. As Jesus went on from then, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. 
Jesus warned them sternly, see that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him over all that region. While they were going out, a man who was demon-possessed and could not walk was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, it is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. When Jesus says, your faith has healed you to the bleeding woman, it sort of sticks in my throat a bit. I mean, it wasn't her faith that healed her. It was Jesus. If she'd gone and touched the cloak of one of the Pharisees with the same level of faith, I don't think she'd have even got much back from them, except maybe a kick in the head for violating the purification laws. So here's the thing. Jesus should never have let this lady touch her. It officially made him unclean for the rest of the day or longer. I can't remember the specifics. I think they're in Leviticus somewhere. And yet when she did so, not only did he heal her, but he also praised her for her understanding of where to go for help in this world. The faith that Jesus lauded was an appreciation that Jesus is the new wine and to come to him for help is the new wineskin. Jesus is the one and only place for people to turn and receive real transformation. The bleeding lady saw that and acted. And this is what Jesus was celebrating. Matthew's celebrating it too. He wants you to embrace it. He places the bleeding lady alongside multiple miracle stories and bustles them around Jesus's new wine saying like paparazzi around a celebrity. All eyes on the new wine. Why? Because the new wine is the new way to receive new results. Humble trust in Jesus as new wine makes you a heretic to who you once were, acting in ways that seem preposterous and even offensive to people who are still trusting the old wineskins. But it opens the door to a bounty of blessings. So what are you leaning on to sort out your problems? What wineskins are you using to seek to do well in life? What rules won't you break because they're the cultural norms? No matter what you used to do, and no matter what those around you do, if you keep coming to Jesus with humble trust that he's the solution to your trouble, you may cop some flack from others, but you will see miraculous healing and Jesus will praise you for your excellent faith. Here's a question for reflection. When you're in trouble, what coping mechanism do you use? Is it one that Jesus advocates? If not, what would he say to you? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.